What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. So many women on this podcast talk about how counseling has benefited them in the grieving process. So I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's an online counseling service that allows you to match with a licensed professional therapist that can access your needs through online chat, video call, or a phone call. Pretty incredible during a pandemic, if you ask me. It's a more affordable and accessible way to get counseling. Life After Miscarriage listeners will receive 10% off their first month when they sign up through my special link, betterhelp.com slash L-A-M for 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash L-A-M. Get matched with a counselor today. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone. We have Anna Finnegan on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Anna, I'm just going to toss it. You start wherever you'd like with your story. Hi. So, Yeah. My story is a bit unconventional, I would say, and a little bit crazy in the way that everything played out and just kind of this series of events that happened um, and just how it all went down, really. Um, So I guess a little background is that I had spent about four years in a relationship and it was a really beautiful, really great relationship um, with this person. And around last August, we ended things, um, you know, and we ended things on good terms. We, it was kind of mutual that a big part of this that plays a part throughout my story is that his family really wanted him to be with someone in his own culture um, to the point that they were threatening to disown him. Um, if he stayed with me pretty much. So that was a big part of why we broke up. Um, So we definitely had trouble kind of letting go. And so a few months after our breakup, we we saw each other, we spent some time together. And that's kind of where this story starts. Um, A few weeks after that, um, my period was late. I have polycystic ovarian syndrome and endometriosis, which I'm sure most of you do, but for anyone who doesn't know, those are like the two leading causes of infertility in women. Um, My periods are pretty regular. Sometimes I just skip them. So I really thought nothing of it. You know, in my mind, I wasn't even sure if I could ever naturally get pregnant when I was ready to try to have a baby when I was ready for that. But I was, you know, at Target, I was in that section picking up some vitamins. And I thought, you know what, it's, I haven't gotten it. Like we had this experience, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and pick up a test just in case. And, you know, it wasn't my first time having to test and, you know, because my period is late a lot and all of those things, but they've been negative. So I really didn't think anything of it. And, you know, I got home, I tested and it turned out positive real fast. Um, and I was in like complete shock, essentially. It, 
it was terrifying to me. I had no idea kind of what to do. So pretty much I told my mom first. Um, and then, you know, I called, I called the dad and I told him, and then I told a couple of my friends right away, just because, you know, what else, who else do you call when you find out you're pregnant with your ex's baby? And so, so yeah, that was kind of the start of it. I, I downloaded all the apps. Like I, I made an appointment with my doctor, but really I just, I didn't know what to do. I was so unsure of how I'd raise a baby. Um, and there was, there was kind of a lot happening in that the father, the other reason for the breakup is he really never wanted to have kids. And I always did. So that was a part of it. And this fact that, okay, well, if we stay together, if we have this baby, is this family going to disown him? So he was obviously not in the best place. And he was having a really hard time, of course, because that's a lot to deal with too. Um, so I'm, I was kind of like, okay, well, it's kind of looking like I would be a single mother here and just really unsure about all of this. And it was kind of, I felt between like a rock and a hard place where, you know, there was so much fear, but there was also that, that excitement, that happiness that, you know, picking out names and planning the nursery and like doing research and all of those things. Um, but still also struggling with my decision just because this person who I shared such a beautiful like relationship with that I still very much cared about was having such a hard time and what all this would mean for him. So it was definitely a struggle of, of kind of all of this. Um, and then came my first appointment. Um, so my friend went with me and this is kind of when things get a little wackier. So I go in, I get my ultrasound. I was measuring a little earlier, but that, that kind of made sense because of, I knew I didn't get pregnant at the normal time of ovulation. Um, but the ultrasound tech was like, oh, there are two babies here. I was having twins. Um, and I pretty much just started laughing because in that moment, I just didn't know what else to do, like what other reaction I could possibly have to that. Just this was already such a crazy situation with so much going on. And then to go in and sit down and then be like, yeah, you're having twins. Um, twins don't run in my family. They don't run in his. Um, so this was co a complete shock. Like I did not think that would be possible. Um, so yeah, that was like really, really surprising for me. And that definitely added to the fear and all of these things about, I was already panicked about how am I going to raise one baby on my own? And now here are these two babies. That's that's a lot more to do. Um, so baby B had a lot smaller of a sack 
and that was, I guess, concerning to my doctor. So pretty much they told me to come back in a week so they could check and see, but essentially I was told that it was possible I could lose baby B um, along the way. So I was kind of prepared for that. And of course, even when you're prepared for something, it never, you know, that doesn't stop it from hurting. But I was kind of warned, like, you know, this is something we're concerned about. Um, over the next week, me and the father, you know, we had a lot of conversations and we did end up getting back together, which is a whole other story in and of itself. But that that was something that occurred. Um, so then I came back in for my next appointment and I knew pretty quickly that something was wrong. Um, she kind of just kept like moving the wand around like and wasn't really finding anything. It was quiet and it, it was the same ultrasound tech that did my ultrasound the last time and I I just knew something something was wrong and I wasn't hearing the heartbeats and I was like you can't find the heartbeats can you and she's like no I'm so sorry um, so I ended up losing both of the babies um, so yeah it was it was it was weird, I think, because I guess in my mind, I had this expectation that like, oh, if I was going to miscarry, I would have known it. I would have realized, you know, I would have had the cramping or the bleeding or this or that. So it was really surprising to go in and be told that I had lost both babies too, especially because in my mind, I was kind of prepared that, okay, I could lose baby B but then losing both of them instead. Um, and just in such a short amount of time from the first appointment. Um, so pretty much I was given, you know, these three options that were all given, you know, and this was, um, I had that appointment on December 12th, so it was a little before Christmas. And then December, I forgot, I think 21st, I had a wedding that was out of town. And I was in the wedding. I was one of the bridesmaids. And I was like, okay, well, I, you know, I have this concern that if we just wait for my body to naturally, you know, start the miscarriage, it's going to happen at the worst possible moment in the middle of the wedding so I I took I took the like misoprostol or whatever it is and you know I got some cramping a little bleeding but nothing too crazy um and I reached out to my doctor after like 24 hours and she's like okay you know take another dose and same thing I got cramping I got a little bleeding but there really weren't there weren't like any clots or like anything like that so I could just tell I was like this really isn't I'm not delivering like my babies this isn't 
like the full miscarriage that's happening. Um, so kind of by the time all of this was going on, it was just like too late to get in for like a DNC or an ultrasound, you know, things were kind of crazy. Um, and I spent like a weekend, I took the, I took some time off work um, to kind of go through this with the medicine and do all this. And it was just, it was a really stressful time, of course, and just so much grief and sadness and loss too. And for me, I, um, yeah, I was just completely heartbroken and my heart was shattered and, you know, I had all these plans for, you know, my future and my babies and what I thought my life would be looking like. And it just kind of all fell out from under me. Um, yeah, and then a few days after, um, I saw the doctor and they couldn't find the heartbeat. The father broke up with me again. So his family had made some more threats. And so he decided it was best to just end things. And that, of course, made it a lot harder to be going through a breakup and then miscarriage all at once and just to be losing like my babies this really important person in my life so it was really really hard um and my body really still wasn't like progressing through the miscarriage um and so the next week i and went down out of town. I just, I drove, it's not too far away, but I drove to, you know, where the wedding was going to be. And I got to the hotel and it was that day and the next day. So I got there and the next day was like the rehearsal dinner. So that's when the actual miscarriage started. So I was pretty much in a hotel room alone. I really didn't know anyone other than like the bride in this town. And I am, so I'm completely alone in this hotel, you know, delivering my babies on a toilet, um, grieving the loss of them. I'm in so much pain physically. It was just awful. Um, and yeah, it, it was just, yeah, it was a really hard weekend, you know, having to still be going through a miscarriage and, you know, going to a rehearsal dinner and a wedding and, you know, standing up at the wedding and going through all of those things. Like there's a lot to do and it's kind of, you know, a whole weekend affair. Um, so to be going through a miscarriage during that is really, was really, really hard. Um, but yeah, that was kind of like the end of the physical part of it. Um, yeah, it was just kind of this 
crazy, wacky, like thing that it was just, I feel like I couldn't make it up if I tried in a lot of ways. And, and yeah, there was, like I said, there was so much like fear and uncertainty and doubt and how am I going to raise, you know, my babies? Like, how am I going to do this? Am I going to do it alone? Is the father going to be a part of this? What am I going to do? Um, but also feeling that like excitement and joy and happiness and like, this is cool too. Like, um, and just loving, loving the hell out of my babies. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much my story. Did you get any, um, like, I just can imagine with your, with that situation, did you get any comments that were just like, like after you went through the losses that were just kind of like heart wrenching? You know, and it's funny, I definitely, I told, I pretty much told my like core friend group and I, I don't have a lot of friends. So I told like my closest friends okay. um, that I was pregnant. Um, and you know, some of them were really supportive and some were not. I, I, I can't recall any like specific comments, but I do know that there were some people in my life who kind of weren't just weren't there really mm -hmm. as I would have expected them to be um given what our friendship was um and that was definitely really hurtful yeah for sure. yeah I think I think it was mainly just like I think I got a lot of support actually and my friends who were there really were just like, you know, I'm here for you. You know, I know you're, you're struggling, but like, I'm going to do what I can to help you get through this. Like if you need oh, babysitting. Awesome. If you need this, like if you need yeah. this, like my one friend was ready. She lives um, in another state and she was like ready to like buy me a crib and send it to me. Oh. <laughs> like, so I did get like so much positive support from the people in my life that were just showing up so well for me good yeah. oh. well, that's awesome that is um like you said you almost like can't even you can't make it up if you tried you know what I mean yeah. like, it's just right. a lot to take at one time yeah. for a human being I yeah. literally like you are one strong woman that's for oh, sure thank you yeah, just like the irony of being in a relationship for four years and this never happening and then we break yeah, up right? and that one time it happens and it's twins and just like the irony oh of all of that like yeah I just yeah so it's Goodness. it's crazy yeah Ugh. well I always ask at the end of every episode if you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation what would it be I think my biggest piece of advice is that, you know, grief is this lifelong journey that we take and there isn't this like end point. We don't just get over grief. There's not a way to really fix this and it looks different for every person and there's not a right way or wrong way to grieve and it looks different for everyone. And I think just don't let anyone tell you you're grieving like the wrong way. You're not. 
um, and just trying to be kind and compassionate to ourselves inside this grief um, because you know nothing's gonna fix this but kind of how can we carry this with us mm-hmm. through our lives and how can we be kind and compassionate and gentle with ourselves as we're grieving and mourning and hurting yes I, I like that nothing's gonna fix this but how can we carry this through yeah um, that's so true. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Yeah, probably Instagram is the best place. Okay. And I'll go yeah. ahead and I'll link your Instagram Perfect. Uh, yeah. in the description of this episode because that's that's what this is all about, just building your community. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure you're going to have some people who reach out to you and just want to connect. So I love that. Mm. And I love that you felt the pull to share. I just want to say thank you. I couldn't do this without you ladies. And oh, we'll have to keep in touch yeah thank you so much of course and yeah to anyone who wants to reach out or anything like that feel free awesome well thank you anna and we'll chat soon sounds good Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.